Democrats have formally introduced a resolution calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump again, this time for what they're saying is incitement of insurrection, a very, very serious charge. But before we actually see a vote on this, it seems Democrats want to give Mike Pence a chance. They're giving him 24 hours to invoke the 25th Amendment, stating that Donald Trump is unable to serve out the remainder of his term which is less than eight days. And if he doesn't, then they're going to be making their moves to impeach the president. Now, Republicans blocked a resolution from Democrats that would actually invoke a call on Pence to invoke the 25th. So now it's more of an informal ultimatum. And it seems unlikely to actually happen. See, the reason they're calling on Pence to do this is that they know they will never pass impeachment. They, they, they may impeach Trump, but they will never convict him. Just like last time, impeachment requires two thirds of the Senate to convict. They will not get those numbers. They may see many Republicans defect, many more than last time, but I really doubt it would happen this time, although it is entirely possible for a variety of reasons. You see, in the House, we have the the Democrat uh, majority. In the Senate, we now have a 50 50 split, not nearly enough to actually impeach Trump. But in the House, there are many Republicans who have called out Donald Trump, or at least a few. Notably, Rep. Kinzinger out of Illinois, who's repeatedly slammed Donald Trump. I think it's likely he would actually side with Democrats on this one. And going into the Senate, you're probably going to see Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell agree and try to convict. But many Republicans are still between a rock and a hard place. They know that their base, their voters are Trump supporters. While Donald Trump may have lost a decent amount of support, particularly among some of his, well, as Mike Cernovich put it, his smarter and more creative supporters. I think is what he said. We'll, we'll, we'll pull up his tweet. Trump still has a large base that supports him. Many of them tend to be, I don't want to say all, but a lot of them are the more Q conspiracy types. But there are, a lot, there are still a lot of regular people who support Donald Trump. And that means if the Republicans betray him now or impeach conv- and convict him, I mean, then they might end up losing. I think they're going to lose either way. The Republican Party is in serious jeopardy right now. I don't think Mitch McConnell cares. He's about to lose his majority position. Although the Senate is split 50-50 with Kamala Harris coming in, she will be the tiebreaker. And we may see more ties broken by Kamala than we've seen by any other president. So things get really bad. Outside of what happens to Trump in these next several days, things are already starting to get bad and the tensions are escalating. Some of Trump's most ardent supporters are actually criticizing him and saying they're done with this. You know, Trump's Scott Adams, one of the most prominent Trump supporters, said Trump has inadvertently created an off ramp for his most ardent supporters. And there are others who are saying perhaps now is time is is the time for Trump to be walked out and for this to be done with. You don't win in the long run, doing what these people at the Capitol did. I'm sorry, it's just true. You may have criticisms of of Joe Biden. You may think he's crooked. The left thought Donald Trump was crooked. They still went after Trump with process. You can call the process dirty. You can call the investigations a sham, but it was process and it wasn't violence. We can criticize Black Lives Matter for their violence, but the Democrats used the power they had in government to go after Trump. When Trump first got elected, the first two years, you had a Republican domination in in federal government, House, Senate and the executive branch. And they didn't do anything. Why? Well, many of these Republicans were establishment cronies who were more aligned with the Democrat cronies than they were the populist right. Trump seems to have lost that opportunity. And what's happening now is that the Democrats have a majority with establishment politicians. It is likely 
they will continue to use process to go after Trump. And this is what I fear with Trump supporters feeling like they're being backed into a corner and no opportunity for their voice to be heard. And after four years of process being slammed against Trump with no defense from Republicans, it's only expected to get worse and people may actually start snapping worse than we've seen. And we must figure out a way to get past this. And that's why many are warning Democrats against impeachment. Give Trump his eight remaining days and be done with it. Seems unlikely that they will. Well, let's see what's going on. We'll read the news. Before we get started, I have a major announcement. Timcast.com has finally revamped and relaunched. It is still very much in like a beta phase. It is still yet to have exclusive members only content. But you can now go to Timcast.com and sign up to be a member to get exclusive access to videos and behind the scenes footage, live streams, and even events we hold at our studio. We have every episode of the Timcast IRL podcast up on the front page. But again, go to Timcast.com and you can become a member. We are still going through the process. If you're already a donor through Timcast.com slash donate, just request a new password and you should get an email. And we're going to work through this to get this launched and kind of port everything over. But again, go to Timcast.com. You can donate, become a member, log in, all that good stuff. But the best thing you can do, actually, it really is engage with the content. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. I do go through comments every so often. But to also share, like, subscribe, just general engagement really does help. Let's read the news. From ABC 57, I used a local affiliate for this one because I thought it was more interesting. House Democrats introduce impeachment resolution, charging Trump with incitement of insurrection. They say House Democrats formally introduced their resolution to impeach President Donald Trump on Monday, charging him with incitement of insurrection for his role in last week's riots at the U.S. Capitol. The impeachment resolution that the House is poised to vote on later this week is the Democrats' first step toward making Trump the first president in history to be impeached twice. Wow. Democrats also tried to move a resolution Monday urging Vice President Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from power. But House Republicans blocked the request. The single impeachment article, which was introduced when the House gaveled into a brief pro forma session Monday, points to Trump's repeated false claim that he won the election and his speech to the crowd on January 6th before pro-Trump rioters breached the Capitol. It also cited Trump's call with the Georgia Republican Secretary of State, where the president urged him to find enough votes for Trump to win the, win the state. Quote, in all this, President Trump gravely endangered the security of the United States and its institutions of government, the resolution says. He threatened the integrity of the democratic system, interfered with the peaceful transition of power, and imperiled a co-equal branch of government. He thereby betrayed his trust as president to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. The resolution, which was introduced by Democrats David Cicilline of Rhode Island, Jamie Raskin of Maryland and Ted Lieu of California, also cited the Constitution's 14th Amendment, noting that it prohibits any person who has engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. from holding office. Now, that 14th Amendment provision, I believe it's Section 3, you have many Democrats trying to use that against other sitting Republicans, notably those who defended Donald Trump and called for the constitutional process by which they would object to the votes. This is an alarming development. The Republicans that said they wanted to object have a constitutional uh, right to do so. And I actually would say necessity. Now, they say that Donald Trump urged Georgia to find enough votes. It's really interesting because I made a similar comment about Joe Biden 
how uh, after the election, I said he will now find enough votes to win. The left took that to assume I was saying he would find them as if it meant make them up. No, I mean, they're going to be going through the ballots that come into the mail and they will eventually find they have enough votes for Joe Biden. That's what I meant here in the conversation. When you read the full context, Donald Trump was pointing out to the Georgia secretary of state that based on their lawsuits, there were hundreds of thousands of, of votes they feel were fraudulent. And thus, they only needed to find around 8,700 or whatever. Poor choice of language, kind of a, a silly legal argument. I think Trump should have gone after every single one. But the way the law works is that they o- the only way you'll actually get a court hearing on votes is if there's enough to change the outcome. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of stupid. If you have evidence of fraud, the court should overturn it. But the idea is coming from Trump is that in a legal setting, you need only present the case that would have enough votes. That's what Trump was talking about. By all means, criticize him for doing it. But it was a settlement discussion for a lawsuit in the state. Now, to say that Donald Trump was inciting anything is, in my opinion, also dangerous. We are dealing with 74 to 75 million people in this country who supported this man, many of whom are upset with his most recent behavior. But still, up until December, the end of December, Trump's approval rating was going up. According to Hill Harris X, Trump's approval was at 50%, meaning approval was also 50%. And that was just the beginning of the year before the events of the 6th. There are a lot of people in this country that like Trump, that support him, and it is dangerous to disenfranchise them. Donald Trump called on his supporters to cheer on the politicians in the Capitol who were objecting on his behalf, not for any kind of violent insurrection. It didn't happen. So they're trying to impeach him for this. And I think this will only lead down a dark path. Of course, Republicans blocked the resolution that would have called on Mike Pence to invoke the 25th. But Democrats still want him to do this. The reason why I'm not convinced it will happen. Pelosi threatens to impeach president for sedition to end horror show after Pence left her and Schumer on hold for 25 minutes. When they called the demand, he remove ranting and raving Trump with 25th Amendment. This story from the 7th of January after the events of the Capitol, the Democrats were expressing their intent to impeach Donald Trump. When they called on Mike Pence, literally called him on the phone, Schumer and Pelosi were placed on hold for 25 minutes. And then finally, an aide came back and said, Pence will not take your call. Suffice it to say, it would seem Mike Pence will not be invoking the 25th Amendment, and rightly so. There's a lot of things to complain about uh, complain about when it comes to Trump. And boy, I've complained quite a bit, but nowhere near as much as the media has. Let's be honest. I've said repeatedly, Trump's not that bad. I think Trump's character in this past week has been pretty bad, to be completely honest. I think his tweets following the violence of the Capitol were, I don't know what the right word is for it, but they were they were not good. He should have done more. He did call on people to go home and in peace. He did eventually put out a statement. But I think Trump should have called on these people immediately when this happened. It said, stop and leave now. Language was not nearly strong enough. But being bad at what he does versus directing people, it's, it's, it's something totally different. Mike Pence is right. Angry people will only get angrier as they're being excised from social media and from, as the left calls it, polite society. We can't have this. You need to give people the opportunity for a conversation to have their voice heard as a total federal democratic system is now about to enter. You run the risk of freaking out and giving many of these Trump supporters severe anxiety, which could result in a snapback you do not want to see. 
There are these videos of Trump supporters, you know, uh, being booted off planes, saying they're not letting them fly. Rumors that Trump supporters are being put on no fly lists. It's it's happening. On January 8th, Alaska Airlines put four, puts 14 people on no fly list after disruption out of D.C. The hysteria has gone too far, in my opinion. By all means, arrest the criminals. A guy lost his life. But the New York Times put up a picture of Richie McGinnis, a journalist who was trying to ask people to grab his phone, which he dropped. They claimed he was a rioter who punched a window. This is the absurdity of hysteria, and we cannot have this. We need peace. Joe Biden is going to come in. Now, I'm not a fan. I think there's a lot wrong with this guy, and I am absolutely not a fan of Kamala Harris. I've not been a fan of any establishment politicians. And even so far as I went to vote for Trump, I still criticize him for a lot of reasons. He barely got my vote. It was mostly having to do with banning critical race theory and trying to get our troops out of the Middle East. But Trump's got a lot to answer for as well, and that's a fact. I think there's a lot of problems with Joe Biden, but the best I can do is hope that the new guy who's coming in to pilot this plane and his co-pilot Kamala Harris do their best, and I hope the economy succeeds. I'm not confident. But the last thing I'm going to do is anything like what these Democrats did over the past four years and shake the boat as hard as possible, freaking out because I don't like the guy who is now going to be sitting in the office of, of the presidency. What needs to happen is if you are concerned about what Biden is doing, we will be vigilant. We will call him out when he does wrong. If there's if he does anything that we think is is criminal or nefarious, we will call it out. We will cover it. That's what we are supposed to do. And hopefully that will be enough. A lot of people are starting to feel helpless and hopeless, and that's a direction we cannot go in because that's when things get really bad. The Democrats need to recognize this. Many of them don't want to. They want to outright say no to the Trump supporters. We will not unify. We have Joe Biden coming out and, 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 and describing Cruz and Hawley in terms of Goebbels, which is just absolutely over the top. Maybe they want it, though. You see, Trump supporters on the right are fractured right now. Some of Trump's most ardent supporters are backing away for good reason, with, with legitimate criticism, saying they're not happy with what Trump did uh, or what Trump supporters did. And because of this, there is now an opportunity for Democrats to strike, or I should say the tribal left in this cultural civil war, to strike back and truly gain public support to stop Trump supporters from ever organizing. That's the point of the impeachment. The goal is to stop Trump from running for president again, which is why they cite the 14th Amendment. Kyle Griffin says, Chairman Schiff on CBS, there is no question that in his actions in Georgia, in his actions, actions in, in inciting the insurrection, that he has exposed himself to criminal liability and criminal penalties. Now, in the past, I said I don't think they would go after Trump for criminal charges. I, following the events of the 6th, I no longer think that's the case. And I think you have these people on the Democratic Party and on the left saying this because now they have the reason to do it and they will, they will maximize this with great effect. Ocasio-Cortez going on Twitter saying that we were we were so close to half of Congress being, you know, assassinated or something extreme like that, which I really don't think is true. I think a lot of crazy people made their way in the, into the Capitol. I don't know how close we were. It was stupid. It was crazy. But I certainly don't think the little old granny waving the American flag and a bunch of dumb people streaming themselves laughing was like the greatest threat we've ever seen. If these people fully intended on doing what what these people in media and, and the Democrats claim, I think it would have been a lot worse than anyone realizes. But of course, these Trump supporters walked right into it. And now the left will use that to shut down their rivals and move to stop Trump and Trump supporters from ever getting involved in politics again. 
NBC News says Trump enters final week as president with few allies, no Twitter, and an impeachment effort. They say he is scheduled to publicly appear on Tuesday when he travels to the border in Texas. But I want to highlight a couple comments, one from Scott Adams. Now, Scott is known for being an ardent Trump. I, I, I don't know if it's fair to say he's an ardent Trump supporter or defender, because I think nuance is important here. But Scott Adams has presented much defense for Trump, more so in terms of criticizing the media. Scott says, Trump inadvertently created an off-ramp for his supporters who have been criticized for four years for supporting him, quote, even if he shot someone on Fifth Avenue. The critics were clearly wrong about some of us, about some of us. Trump had some great accomplishments, but it's time to wrap this up. I think it's a fair and honest assessment coming from someone who very much was defending the president from hoaxes and media smears. Mike Cernovich, one of the earliest and most prominent Trump supporter, tweets, my take on Trump is that you let him leave ignobly. Don't make him a martyr. Keep him on a leash and dog walk him out. He'll keep the truly low tier element of society, but he's lost his smart and competent supporters. He's neither Hitler nor Caesar. He's a Kardashian. And Mike Cernovich says, I don't have a lot of answers on how to preserve civil society, but I do know one fact. You do not preserve civil society, preserve society by turning the state against 40% of the country. This isn't the Soviet Union, Pol Pot's Cambodia, or Mao's China. Different culture in the U.S. I completely agree. The direction we we need to move in now is healing to whatever degree we can, and to hope that we return to some kind of stability. I'm not going to pretend that anybody's going to be peaceful at the other side. I actually think this next week, in these next 10 days or next few months, are going to get terrifying. But I'm, I, I hope everyone recognizes the need for calm. And now is the time to turn off Twitter. I could take that advice. Now is the time to chill out. Over this past weekend, I did fewer segments than I normally do, partly because I think we all need to simmer down a little bit. So you know what I did? We went out to the woods. We went to the lake. We skipped some stones. Seriously. Just no cell phone signal, skipping rocks, laughing. And then I think we went out to eat and we got some burritos or something. I think everybody could do with some kind of just chilling out, turning off social media and just playing a video game, watching a movie. We watched some Star Wars. It was fun. Now we're back to work, but people need to remain calm. Um, for, for that matter, I, I absolutely will stress that I, that the, the federal government, the DC police, the National Guard, I believe should double or triple security for the inauguration. And Joe Biden should be protected more so than we've seen anybody protected in inauguration. This is too tense of a moment. And the last thing we need is any kind of turmoil. Joe Biden has announced that he does not fear having his inauguration outside. Some 10,000 National Guard will be on the ground in DC. I'm glad to hear it. I hope we have a safe and clean transition. And I, I really am no fan of the incoming administration. I think they're terrible people. For that matter, I thought Barack Obama was. I thought George Bush was. I'm not getting, I don't think there's any administration I will tell you I've been a fan of. Not even the Trump administration. However, Trump did enough I liked to where he got my vote, which is really surprising. But I think the critical race theory really does play a role in this. And more importantly, one of the biggest things we've ever seen, someone actually trying to get our troops out of the Middle East. So they say, but the historic peace agreements between many of these nations, I thought was absolutely worth it. But I do think Trump has has 
It's not necessarily just Trump, to be completely honest, but Trump has character defects, no doubt. There were some early foreign policy failures. He hired a bunch of really bad people. Joe Biden is also hiring bad people. He's going to have foreign policy failures. He's got similar uh, stains, you know, relative to uh, uh, accusations against him that Trump has. I'm not going to play this game with with any side. Okay, Joe Biden, I am no fan of, but I really do hope he succeeds. This country desperately needs it right now. I hope he really is tepid and uneventful and everything kind of just slows down. I hope the Democrats slow their roll, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And I'm particularly worried about what they're doing when it comes to this uh, impeachment process. Again, the last thing we need is more chaos. Scott Adams tweets, if you believe the fine people hoax and the drinking bleach hoax and the Russian collusion hoax, but you think the Q people are the gullible ones, allow me to suggest that maybe the problem is, quote, people. Interesting point. And a lot of astute points coming from Scott Adams uh, uh, right now pertaining to what's going on. You know, the Q people, the conspiracy theorists, some of the craziest nonsense I've seen. Lynn Wood claiming that, you know, Pence is a traitor and this other crazy nonsense. It's 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 nuts. Sidney Powell's cracking lawsuits. It's crazy stuff. And they were all purged. I'm not a fan. I am absolutely not a fan. I don't like silencing people. I believe there should have been a challenge on the ideas. And just because they banned him and removed him doesn't mean any of his ideas will go away. I think it'll only get worse because now Twitter has lost any and all opportunity to actually de-radicalize people. They've severed the line. And now the only thing the supporters of Linwood and Sidney Powell will hear are the sweet nothings coming from their mouths and no counterpoints. On Twitter, you had people like me saying Linwood has gone nuts. Now these people are leaving to other platforms where they're not going to hear that. There lies the problem. But let's be real, my friends. It is not just Q. As Scott Adams points out, all of the hoaxes per, uh, perpetrated against Trump because the left has their Q people as well. Another hoax is going around on Reddit. A viral post was recently taken down. It was edited and erased where they claimed Parler was hacked and all of the IDs and pub and private information, usernames, locations and direct messages was going to be leaked to the public. It was coming down. The FBI was no doubt coming for these Trumpsters. Sound familiar? Just a matter of time before the FBI comes and get these guys. They're going to round them all up. This claim that Parler was hacked. And that IDs were going to be leaked. It was clearly fake news. It took me five minutes to look through this to realize it was not true. But even moderate personalities and right wing personalities were sharing this, believing that Parler had been breached. It made no sense, the claim that a a company called Twilio put out a press release that accidentally exposed an API that was used to access an admin panel and then mass produce accounts, which they used to go. It's not it's nuts. It's nuts. It's on par with Q posts about the Nighthawk traveling and they're going to arrest Hillary. Take two seconds, everyone, to calm down and Google search this stuff. No, the company did not put out a press release. That was the easiest thing I looked at. I just went to the company and said, no press release there. So when did this happen, apparently? Then you look at some of the claims and realize it's a regurgitation of an existing uh, hoax. Now they say, the person who posted it, I'm sorry, people, if y'all were sharing incorrect information. And there it is. The left has their kooky conspiracies, too. This these fringe beliefs about, you know, uh, just, you know, Russia and fascism and parlor being hacked and just they want to believe it. 
They want to believe all this same stuff, same as everybody else. And everybody just needs to take a chill pill. I hope they do. The best path forward is not demonizing and shutting down half the country. That will not get us out of this problem. It won't. Things will only continue to escalate. And I think if people don't realize we need to calm down, then I don't, I don't know what's coming. I don't, I don't know. At the Capitol, a police officer died. He was brutally beaten. Uh, according to law enforcement, he was bashed over the head with a fire, a fire extinguisher because these people were angry and it was stupid. It was disgusting. Why would you do this, man? It breaks my heart. I hear stories all the time. I value life. I value all life. I don't like, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll leave it at that and, and get on with my point. When this woman, Ashley Babbitt, died, I was heartbroken to see that somebody died over this conflict. When I heard that these three other people died, one woman trampled, one person had a stroke, one had a heart attack, heartbroken. I don't care for what the reason is. I don't like people dying. And most people should not want people to die. I said the same thing about those who died in the George Floyd riots and George Floyd himself. I don't care if you're a criminal. I don't care if you literally just committed a crime. I still don't want these people to die. In self-defense, I recognize that we stop violent criminals. If someone commits a crime and they're armed and they're hurting people or about to, then I begrudgingly accept we have to stop that threat, if only to protect more life. And people decided to brutally beat a cop. Are you kidding me? My. Look, during the height of the riots, we did see officers seriously hurt. One officer paralyzed. And, and there's no reason to, to, for these people at the Capitol to have done what they did. And that's why I'm just saying you need to stop and look in a mirror. If you were one of these people calling for this stuff, ask yourself why it is that there are people now who would go to the Capitol and actually kill a cop of all people. Our, our, our complaints are supposed to go so far as ideas and nonviolent civil disobedience. And I've said it over and over again, the most effective tool in this day and age. People talk about fourth and fifth generational warfare. Fourth generational warfare involves street groups and insurgent groups. And fifth generational warfare is all in the mind, information, propaganda. We're in the information age. You don't win by killing cops, man. Nobody. What is this? It's ridiculous. And then the left comes out saying Ashley Babbitt deserved it. I'm so sick of this. Nonviolent civil disobedience, because you see what comes out of this now, and it was a failure. Prosecutors are considering giving every single rioter felony murder charges, every single one. That's right. Those influencers who went in live streaming themselves laughing, y'all are in for it. They're saying that they'll, they'll give you an example of the it's the uh, uh, let me read it for you. They say under the doctrine of felony murder, which applies in the District of Columbia, any murder that occurs during the commission of one or, uh, or one of several underlying felonies is chargeable as, as murder. For example, it's a really common thing, actually. If you're, uh, they say, if you're a getaway driver and a convenience store clerk is shot and killed, you as the getaway driver will get charged with murder as well because you were, you were an accomplice to that crime. They're arguing now that they may actually charge every single person there with felony murder. I think that is bad. Figure out who the people were who committed the act. Maybe some of the people in the periphery who, who associated with and helped this, but not the little old lady who had the door open for her by the cops. It's this story here that makes me fear for what's to come next, because nobody will back down. 
They'll start seeking out anybody who was at the Capitol, probably not even on the grounds, because they'll say the people who were at the rally outside the Capitol were probably, you know, were, they were there providing cover and, and ensuring that there was enough critical mass for this to have occurred in the first place. They'll argue it was an unlawful assembly outright, whether you were in the building or not. You were at the Capitol building outside of it, maybe standing in the grass as a participant in the rally for Trump. Well, you helped. That's what we have to avoid. Y'all need to chill. Otherwise, you threaten these people with extreme charges. They're not going to back down. Maybe that's what they want, though. Maybe the left wants excited, enraged and anxious Trump supporters snapping. I want it all to stop. I want people to understand the power of nonviolent civil disobedience. And so many people disagree with me and they cite historical precedents. My friends, we're in the information age. It is a new era. Think strategically. Play 4D chess. Don't play checkers. Look at the amount of power the Democrats seek to gain because of what happened at the Capitol. Don't play that game. It's funny that Alex Jones calls his organization Infowars. <laughs> like, don't you get it? It's a battle for the mind. It's propaganda. And when you go out and commit acts of violence, you only hurt yourself and you hurt others. And we cannot allow that. So Joe Biden must be protected. Redouble their efforts, double or triple security. The last thing we need is for the incoming president to be in any way threatened. The inauguration uh, inauguration needs to happen as planned. We need stability, strategy, and a new effort from populists being on the left and the right to oppose a surveillance state, the security state. And the last thing we need is an excuse for Joe Biden to enact new security laws and censorship and shut down uh, uh, political speech and things like that. And it's only going to get worse unless we have calm strategy. Think about it. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't think Trump will be impeached, to be completely honest. But I can tell you this. We're going to have a conversation about everything that's happening over at Timcast IRL. So go to youtube.com forward slash Timcast IRL. We will be live tonight, 8 p.m., where not only will we have many other people weighing in on these conversations, but we're actually going to take your chat. So if you haven't, go to go to youtube.com slash Timcast IRL, subscribe and check out Timcast.com. Become a member for exclusive behind the scenes content. You know, we'll have bonus segments with our guests that will appear for members only. It's going to be a lot of fun and we will post them and you will see them. Please, everybody calm down. Please just turn off the Internet for a day. You know, I, I chilled out this weekend. I, I, I did a little bit less content. I did about half as much content as I normally do. And I'm probably going to slow down content on the weekends a little bit because if if people keep look, if, if this gets to a point where no one is going to back down and things are getting really, really tense, I tell you this. I'm going to I'm going to ramp. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring things down if if everybody needs to just chill. I'm going to put it that way. And if people can't chill and it seems like it's, it's headed uh, out of control, then I'm going to keep I'll, I'll reduce the amount of content and we'll keep it uh, uh, minimal because everybody needs an opportunity to chill. Or, or more importantly, I'll start focusing on things totally outside the realm of politics so that people can get their minds off of this. Listen, I like covering the news and talking about things I find uh, I find important. But if people are just so obsessed and refusing to back down, then I don't know what to tell you. Other than there's other things in life to focus on right now. I say this to the left as much as I say it to the right. Please. We'll see how things go. I'll see y'all tonight at 8 p.m. live, youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out.
Build your own platform, they said. It's a free market. You have no right to use this. It's there. It's they have a terms of service. If you're banned, you're banned. Well, that's on you. So then many uh, companies did form and started creating new social media platforms. They immediately started getting attacked. Gab was most famously nearly shut down. Surprise, surprise. They've started building their own infrastructure because they refuse to back down. And I've warned about this and I've warned about a lot. And a lot of people don't seem to care. Let's talk about Parler for a second. The first thing I don't kind of I quite don't understand is why people used Parler in the first place when it actually had kind of bad terms from the get go. I don't understand why they didn't just use Gab. Gab was the alternate version of Twitter or it was a microblogging site, among other things. I hate using the idea like alternate uh, alternative social media. It's a social media platform. You can have followers. You can post things. Gab survived and is and is building up. Parler shut down. This is it. Let me let me let me show you what happens when you try to go to Parler. It just says this. It says error name not resolved because their servers have been shut down. The latest news coming from the Daily Mail. Conservative free speech app Parler disappears from the internet at 3 a.m. after tech giants Amazon, Apple, and Google all pull the plug over posts inciting violence. It is against the rules of Parler to incite violence. Parler claims they do remove posts that are illegal. And it's the same thing we hear over and over again. Do you know that right now on Twitter, there are a series of threats against me? I reported them days ago. They're not being removed. People have posted my address. They've made false claims about me. They've posted tons of personal and private information, and they are harassing and threatening me to no end. Do I complain about it? Not really. I just kind of ignore it. This is why when people, I talk to people, I say, I don't check my Twitter notifications for this reason. I would have to, I, have to, I would have to hire someone to go through and report all of the doxing and potentially illegal activity. I give up. Twitter is still allowed across the board. There's no one posting photos saying, look at people we're doing on Twitter. And, or I should say there are. The right calls out Twitter every single day for the fact that Antifa is organizing on the platform, that much of the deadly destruction that we saw throughout the past year was organized on Twitter. Twitter's fine. No removals. No bannings. You see how the game is played? It has nothing to do with the rules. That's the lie. It's about shaping a popular narrative. What we are seeing now is the lucrative merger of corporation and state, and it is nearly complete. In about nine days, we will have special interests from these big tech firms in the Biden transition team, or they're, they're in the Biden tr- transition team now, and Biden will officially be the president. These special interests that have colluded and subverted various political factions in this country will gain state power. And then, in my opinion, things will only get worse. I think I made my point very clear that Twitter is a mass hub for Antifa organization for sharing of flyers. And I mean, let's be honest, like outright full-blown porn. Yet all of these other sites that try to start are destroyed. Here's what you got to understand about Parler being removed. They didn't just say, we're going to remove you from the app store. Amazon said, we're going to pull your servers. I got to be honest. I don't understand what Parler was thinking, setting up Amazon servers. And I got to be honest, why would people use Parler in the first place? No, serious, serious question. Minds.com exists, M-I-N-D-S, and Gab exists, and they have existed, and they have user bases, and I have all of my videos uploaded to Minds that regularly get interaction. 
Gab has generated uh, their, their own uh, hosting. They're, they're setting up their own infrastructure. It was really weird to me that Parler was the place where everyone decided to go when they could have gone to any one of these other more resilient platforms. I suppose in the end, the only thing anyone can do is try and create some kind of decentralized or blockchain-based social media. But there are serious challenges to that. Let's talk about the, the absolute de-businessing, depersoning. You see, the thing we're seeing right now is no free market. They argue on the left, it is the free market. You see, these vendors, uh, actually, let me, let me read you the headline. Parler CEO says service dropped by every vendor and could end his business. Probably. I don't think he's, I, I'd be surprised if he can pull out of this tailspin. But every vendor pulling out from Parler, okay, this is not a free market. In a free market, it's, it's supposed to represent this idea that uh, if you have cash, if you have value and you want to trade, you freely trade. That's about it. We are right now in a, some, some kind of cultural dystopia where there is a, a, a hard ideological bent that is directing people as to what they can or can't do business with. That is not a free market. It reminds me a lot about, uh, I was reading a, a, an article about World War II Germany uh, to invoke Godwin's law already so early in the conversation. I was reading about Mussolini. I was reading about communism. And I was reading about a, a, something that the, the difference between the two authoritarian ideologies. Now, they like to say that the fascists were far right. And I think for the most part, that's, that's accurate. A lot of people argue that they like to say, for obvious reasons, that communists were far left. But it's not, uh, it's not up for dispute that communism was far left. I mean, everybody agrees. You have tankies, authoritarian far left. But as to where on the political spectrum, left and right, you end up with, you know, uh, Nazi Germany or, or fascist Italy has been debated by both factions. Of course, there are many on the right saying that it, they were socialists. Therefore, you know, it was left wing. I mean, there, there's probably some kind of argument to that. I would say for the most part, when we're talking about left and right, which is traditional versus progressive, then the, the fascists were far right as you could probably go. Ultra traditionalists for the betterment of the state. When you talk about uh, in the cultural context, then obviously communists were far left, you know, purge the old, the, the great leap forward, the culture revolution, things like that. When it comes to economics, the fascists were actually probably somewhere closer to the middle, actually, uh, in terms of whether or not they wanted total or absolute state control of corporations and whether they wanted a free market. They, of course, didn't want a free market. They're authoritarian. So in terms of the economic scale, that doesn't make sense. What I ended up reading about trying like, cause I, I, and I think this kind of debunks a lot of the people who are claiming that uh, Germany was uh, socialist. It kind of was, but not really the idea. And I'm not a historian, so feel free to correct me in the comments. My general understanding was that the idea was encourage the corporations to do what benefits the state. That was it. So it was kind of like that. Sounds pretty familiar, right? I know. I, I hate invoking Godwin's law, but we're looking towards authoritarian regimes. And let me tell you, Joe Biden is not a communist, okay? Uh, a lot of people on the, on, on the right are saying that, you know, Antifa loves Biden. They're Democrats. That's not true. Joe Biden is not a communist. He's a corporatist. He's very close to a fascist, except I don't think he much cares for the state or the nation, unless, of course, he wants some kind of world domination like Hitler did, in which case, then I guess Joe Biden's a fascist. Sure. What we're seeing is every vendor dropping parlor. Why? Threats from the state 
is keeping all of the businesses in line in what looks like some kind of circular firing squad. You know, are you familiar with what they, uh, I think it's, what is it called? The Mexican standoff? It's where you have three people all pointing guns at each other. And nobody wants to fire first because then if they do, then they get shot immediately. So everybody's waiting for the other person to shoot. What happens now is all of these vendors that would serve, say, parlor, are worried that any association will result in them getting put on the blacklist as well. This is what happens when the state, the, the, the prevailing party right now, is telling mainstream society what they have to do, what they can do, and it's causing a cascade effect, which will result in a kind of, I don't want to say, it's not overt fascism. It's some kind of, it's some kind of fascism. And I mean that literally in the terms of fascism. So let me explain. There's a quote that they often say comes from Benito Mussolini about fascism being more easily described as corporatism, the lucrative merger between corporation and state. Now, there's many that dispute this, saying it wasn't actually attributed to him. The original quote comes from like a newspaper, and apparently the quote doesn't exist in the encyclopedia, the Italian encyclopedia. So I don't know if it's true or not, but the general idea was fascism was a far right totalitarian system, and the corporations functioned like businesses, forming, hiring, paying people, but everything must be for the betterment of the state. We're seeing now inadvertently that kind of giving rise. I don't think Joe Biden is all that powerful, but it's some kind of authoritarianism. The problem I think we, uh, the problem I see, I think, I think a lot of, a lot of people have is they can only relate what's happening now to things in the past, saying it's either communism or it's fascism, or it's some kind of authoritarian system. In terms of definitions, it's definitely authoritarian, authoritarianism, totalitarianism, perhaps. But could it possibly just be a new idea, a new concept that has not been coined yet? It's not really fascism. You know, uh, Joe Biden is not an ultra nationalist. I mean, he's accused of being a communist globalist, but he's not a communist. He likes the corporate powers to freely muck about and do what they want. He's also put out a video recently, Joe Biden, or he made a statement. He put out a video. He made a statement to the press where he said that with the reopening of the economy, they're going to focus on non-white and, uh, and female owned businesses. So it's a kind of new wokeism. It's an authoritarian system. It doesn't fit either ideology very well, but it is a dogmatic authoritarian system, and it's going to get worse from here. Parler's legal team dropped them because you can't be seen to do business with the other. Eventually, these others, as I've mentioned before, are, because they still exist, going to make demands of access to resources. And when they have nothing left to lose, that's when things get bad. It's kind of crazy. There's a, there's a story coming up. But I'll cover it in a little bit. Backup was denied in D.C., denied by, I believe it was the Capitol, uh, Capitol Police. I think they made six requests. And every step of the way, they said, no, we're not sending in police or National Guard. And then, sure enough, without any security, many Trump supporters broke the barriers and, and went in. And there it is. A narrative that now results in the termination of anybody who dare oppose the machine. We're hearing that numerous corporations will suspend contributions to political action committees or politicians who in any way supported Donald Trump's constitutional objection to the election. That's where we're headed. We've got Democrats escalating, saying that any one of these Republicans who did this, who you know supported the president, should be expelled the resolution is supposed to come today. We'll see what happens. I've got a bunch of people saying a bunch of crazy things. And I think, you know, there's, there's too many people on the right, <clears throat> excuse me, 
who believe fringe conspiracies. And they're being purged. A lot of these Q people are being purged. They're flocking to Parler. And it's one of the reasons Parler is getting banned. I think the threats of violence is an excuse. I could go on Twitter and probably find a thousand times as many threats of violence towards government officials. I mean, we recently had a, a very prominent, uh, how should I describe this individual? A prominent leftist personality, but more of kind of like a radical centrist, I guess. An individual whose politics uh, align left, but anti-woke, right? There's a lot of channels like that. They're getting banned. One individual posted a video of a guillotine being propped up saying that, you know, joking that conservatives and, li- and, and the right and the left could be doing that together. Jokes about executing politicians. As many of you know, I say over and over again, like we don't make jokes about violence on my shows because people aren't smart enough to understand. And maybe they don't want to. Or more importantly, someone someone really crazy might not realize it's a joke. But you can easily find these things on Twitter. So I don't think the banning of Parler has anything to do with violence. I think it has to do more with the fact that you have the likes of Lynn Wood, who can't be removed. They banned Lynn Wood on Lynn, uh, Lynn Wood, L. Lynn Wood on Twitter. And he's saying insane things, just absolutely off the rails. It is just the most frustrating and pathetic thing I've seen from many of these people who are like, trust the plan. It's, it's just gotten to a point of pathetic desperation and it needs to be called out. You're allowed to say it. Okay. When I see, when I saw Linwood tweeting this stuff, I was like, man, does that discredit Trump? Man, does that strike at his legitimacy? And a lot of people realized it, but a lot of people didn't want to believe it. And there are people to this day, like the, uh, what, what is it? The Nevada uh, GOP. I think it's Nevada saying that Trump is still going to be president. It's like, okay, dude, that would be like someone throwing a Hail Mary from end zone to end zone that gets while the ball is in the air somehow gets struck by lightning three times. And then right as it's about to hit the end zone into to complete that pass, it slams into a lottery machine that was somehow there. Hits quick pick, which produces just a minute, the 10 seconds before the deadline, the winning lottery numbers, and then the team catches it, winning the Super Bowl. Never gonna happen. Okay. But people believe it. They are just so desperate to believe it. And I still get messages from people who are saying things like, I don't know, man, look at this executive order and look what Trump is doing. And I'm like, dude, Trump conceded. He said, he said he's done and it's job now to, to assure a peaceful transfer of power. What do you think that means? They don't want to believe it. Well, so here's what happens. Parlor harbors these people and these ideas. And I got to be honest, there is a danger. Uh, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. And there is, there is a threat to this country based on a bunch of people who believe insane things. But then you have to ask yourself about whether individuals have the right to share ideas or they don't. Unfortunately, there's no clear middle ground. The middle ground, I suppose, would have been Twitter bans them and then they go to parlor. The machine can't allow that. They need to make sure that they have uh, a monopoly on ideas. And so here we are. They apparently do. I'm not a fan of any of the Q stuff. I think it's so dumb. And I've been I've warned people. I'm like, dude, don't 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 bring that stuff. That's it's just wrong. They said that Mueller was secretly working for Trump the whole time and that it was a plot to, like, get rid of Hillary. Now, listen, I don't really care about the Q people. There's just not that many of them. It's like a scapegoat. Did the Q people go around burning down buildings for months and attack feds and seize territory in an American city for several weeks? 
resulting in several dead? No. Are they a problem? I think so. I think the Q stuff is just so ridiculous and insane. I'm, they're, they're posting pictures of like military flights and they've been claiming such insane nonsense. It's never come true. Now, what about the left? The left has their version of Q. I'm not kidding. It's not, I'm not just talking about the Russiagate stuff. The left really does have fringe, paranoid, delusional conspiracy theorists, some of which believe the exact same things as the Q people. No joke. This is, this is true. The problem is the mainstream media has these elements in their ranks. They have meetings and they believe their psychobabble. They believe this country was founded truly in 1619 and that Trump is a fascist. It's just equally absurd. So here's what I've said before. The seats of power on the right lie with moderate and traditional conservatives for the most part. There is a very strong presence of Q and, and, and conspiracy theorists who pressure the system. But what I mean is 90 plus percent of the Republican Party supported Trump. The overwhelming majority of that is like regular vanilla yogurt types like Will Chamberlain. And, and Will, with respect, I call you vanilla yogurt. It's a good thing. Will Chamberlain is has been calling this out for some time. He's been getting, he gets slammed for it. But he's like a regular conservative populist guy who talks about what's going on in politics, what's wrong with the establishment conservatives, and he's not some fringe, you know, conspiracy lunatic. And I think he represents better most Americans who support Trump than the Q people. But the Q people are out there. And so it's important to make sure that they do get criticized. Here's the thing. They have been. Even Alex Jones went nuts ranting about this stuff. On the left, the seats of power lie more with their fringe elements than they do with mainstream regular old liberals. And I'll give you the easiest way to, to explain it. Me and my family have been center left traditional liberals forever. And here I am calling out the left because they've gone insane. And that's the, that's the case. The walk away campaign. It's because regular liberals are like, this has gone too far. You've got a lot of people who used to be left liberal who used to be lifelong Democrats who have walked away, who have said, I'm not voting for this anymore because the seats of power are not in the moderate. It's in the radical. So when Black Lives Matter and Antifa go around destroying things, what happens? Cuomo himself on CNN defends it. Twitter doesn't ban these people. They defend it. They support it. They say, yeah, but we're fighting for a good cause. The Gravel Institute, a good example. They're trying to be an inversion, a left-wing version of PragerU. They tweeted that if the left did the same thing storming the Capitol, they would, of course, support it. Meanwhile, PragerU types condemned what happened in the Capitol. You see the problem? The Overton window is shifted. On the right, which they call far right, you have people saying violence is bad. Don't storm the Capitol. Outside the Overton window on the right are all the people getting banned and purged, which results in Parler getting nuked. And they're the ones saying insane things. On the left, you have all of these insane comments. You have people for Bernie on Twitter saying you're either with us or against us. And the time for choosing sides is long since past. We know who sided with fascism and don't let them escape. That's where we're going. I mean, that's where we're at. We're here. So where does that rhetoric bring us? Well, it brings us to conflict and crisis. And that's the problem. The right right now hates the establishment. They're populist, but they're like center right. 
And that's probably why, for the most part, they tolerate someone like me who says progressive taxes are great and we need more progressive tax brackets. I agree with Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that's right. I looked at Bernie Sanders tax plan and what he proposes is making more brackets. I completely agree with that. 100 percent more brackets because of inflation. Makes sense, right? So what does right and left really mean anymore? Not a whole lot. I'm in favor of individual rights, the rights of people to freely run their businesses. I disagree. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what it means to be a liberal. Remember when they said that the, the bakery should have just made the cake for the gay couple? Conservatives pointed out it wasn't about service. It was about a custom message. The left said, well, if you think a private business can deny service, then so can Twitter. And they point that at conservatives. Where does that leave traditional liberals and moderates like myself who are politically active who say, I've always thought the baker should have written the, the, the custom message as the service, as the, as the bakery provides? I, I actually have argued for that quite sometimes, peacefully and calmly with conservatives about why I, dis- why I disagree. And I've consistently said, I do not like massive multinational billion dollar corporations seizing the commons from the proletariat. I've jokingly said workers of the world unite. Not really. I don't like communism. But the idea is, I believe in power for the people, not for corporations and not for government. Government can have some power. Corporations can have some power. And the people should be where the power, for the most part, lies. But right now, the narrative is the conservatives, because they did, say, but my private company. And many of these conservatives were posting about it all, all over the place. And I kept telling them they were wrong. Now they're saying this is this is this is ridiculous. They shouldn't be allowed to do this. To be fair, there is a difference between one bakery saying I'm not going to provide a service and the only option banning you, which brings me to the major and final point as to what the problem with the left on this issue is. If you can't even set up a Twitter because every vendor drops you due to fear of the mob then there's no option for going anywhere else, in which case nationalization does make sense. And I love it, too, when these leftists are like, anyone who thinks these platforms should be nationalized are communists. Well, I've never pretended to be right wing economically. So sure, I believe in the people having control of the commons. I don't know what else they think. I'm also fairly progressive on on social policy. So what is it? It's freedom. It's liberty the right to associate, the right for you as an individual to speak. The difference between me and these individuals is not left wing on on traditional uh, 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 on, on cultural issues or on economic issues. I'm if you were if you were to ask me a series of questions and I've done the political tests, I am on the left straight up. I've taken the political compass test. I've taken the you know, the axis test. I am a very, very much moderate national to internationalist left leaning individual. The difference is freedom. I'm very much libertarian. And so when I say you do not have the right to crush your opponents with cult-like behavior, to force them to do things for you, you do not have the right to don all black gear with crowbars and go destroy businesses, nor does the state. They say that's right wing. Okay. And the dividing, dividing line between left and the right is obvious at this point. It really is just authoritarian versus libertarian. Bend the knee or don't. You know, I'll tell you something, guys. I'll wrap it up with one final thought. I'm scared for this planet. I'm scared for the ecological collapse. I'm scared for the ocean acidification, for the oil spills, for the uh, the dead zones that are popping up in various areas of the ocean, for the Pacific gyre, the garbage patch, all of these things for global warming. And there needs to be something uh, to, to save. 
uh, you know, to balance things. The idea of the Great Reset, I actually think, is great. No, 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 hear me out. The idea being that we need to reassess our culture in terms of buying stuff we don't need. People need to learn how to have fun through experience and be fulfilled through experience. The problem is what's happening right now with the economic shutdown is it's destroying people's ability to get food and better the lives of their children. I don't like the idea of people of, of yachts and, and, and cruise lines and people flying all over the world. Just I, I like the idea of going out to the middle of nowhere, walking through the forest and just looking at water and seeing little animals do little dumb things and just enjoying life. So when I read about this idea of the Great Reset, there's something nice to it. The problem is the people who are saying we must do this and must sacrifice and destroy everything are authoritarians who don't follow their own rules. And so I have a serious problem with anybody who says, we're all in this together, guys. Now I'm going to go out to eat with my friends at my fancy restaurant while you suffer indoors. We can't have it. We really are in this together or we're not. There's a part of what's going on that I will say uh, as, as someone who's not an absolutist is good. And I think it's if you don't want to recognize that there is nuance to this world, then you're not being honest with yourself. The air is cleaner. Uh, we're saving much more energy. And there are there are uh, it, I think, look, we got a bunch of what's the right way to put this city dwelling out of shape. Untalented, like, uh, what's the right way to say it? I'm, I'm trying to be uh, respectful, but there's a lot of people in cities who don't know how to survive. They want to buy dumb things for dumb reasons. They don't want to exercise. They don't want to take, res- take responsibility for themselves. And that's the problem right now. This, this lockdown isn't changing that at all. It's making them more and more dependent. So we can talk about the benefits to people leaving cities and then maybe learning how to survive, maybe how to chop wood, maybe how to farm. Those are great things. But are we going to make it all the way there to where we can have people actually enjoy these things? And the bigger question is, who has the right to force anyone to do anything? Not I. I will never do it. Um, that's why I don't want to be involved in politics. But, you know, maybe we'll make it we'll, we'll make it out of this in, in, in um, without violence. Certainly hope so. Minds.com and Gab still exist. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. There are many people on the right trying to claim that Antifa was leading the charge into the Capitol. I do not believe this is true. I've spoken with journalists. I have seen the video footage. And although there are some reports of leftists who were there, notably one guy who was previously arrested in Utah participating in a Black Lives Matter rally, this was Trump supporters and some of the more fringe and ardent Trump supporters, many of them conspiracy theorists and QAnon types, some of them just like probably anti-government insurrectionist types. But while we talk a lot about the storming of the Capitol, one thing needs to be made clear. Many of the people were let in, bewildered and confused. In one video, I tweeted these cops should be charged as well. Why? The video shows Capitol Police standing by as the doors in one area of the Capitol building are opened and they stand back and let the people come in. There's one officer who says something about disagreeing with it, but agreeing with the right to protest. I'm not sure if he's saying you can disagree with it, but you can't disagree with the right to protest. Or if he said, I disagree with it, but agree with your right to protest. I'm not sure. Now, in this tweet, Christina Bob, it's gone viral, says Capitol Police open doors for protesters. They stand aside and invite them in. 
Well, I don't know if they opened the doors for protesters, but they're certainly not stopping these people from coming in. It could be that the police just gave up, said, come on in. It could be that the police did open the doors or that the police are cowards. But I tell you this, the one thing the cops could have absolutely done is stood in the way and said, no, they didn't. The group that's seen entering in this video, they're not raucous and smashing and shoving and screaming in one video. It, there, so there's many different entrances to the Capitol. In one instance, you can see people shoving and, and, and yelling heave. And it's really crazy. There's a cop in one video being crushed and he's screaming and blood comes out of his mouth. That wasn't here, though. So many people are confused as to how it is that there were many people just walking through the Capitol building, respecting the velvet ropes. Yet in other times, there were people seen, seen taking things. Well, I don't want to say destroying outright, but some things were destroyed, uh, were, were destroyed. It seems like two different things were happening at the same time. I think there were a lot of Trump supporters who were let in, as you can see in this video and some other videos. And even the left has called this out. And there are questions about these police officers that I think conservatives and liberals want answered. Notably, how did this happen? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to blow your mind because we talked about it a, a, a little bit in the past couple of days. But it seems now, based on a couple different reports, one coming from the New York Times, that due to the events of Black Lives Matter and the bad optics around those riots, they held back the police. No joke. They didn't want the National Guard coming out and doing what happened last time. You see, last time the National Guard and the military police came out and stopped this protest, Trump was heavily criticized for it. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser did not want to have that on her. And it would seem said no to extra policing. Take a look at this story first from the, Seattle, from the Seattle Times. Backup was denied, former Capitol Police chief says. Two days before Congress was set to formalize President-elect Joe Biden's victory, Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund was growing worried about the size of the pro-Trump crowds expected to stream into the District of Columbia in protest. To be on the safe side, Sund asked House and Senate security officials for permission to request that the D.C. National Guard be placed on standby in case he needed quick backup. But Sun said Sunday they turned him down. In his first interview, since pro-Trump rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol last week, Sun, who has since resigned, said his supervisors were reluctant to take formal steps to put the guard on call, even as police intelligence suggested that the crowd President Donald Trump had invited to Washington to protest his defeat probably would be much larger than earlier demonstrations. It's too bad for Trump that many of his most ardent supporters believe conspiracy fringe nonsense and, to be honest, weren't smart enough to see what they were walking into. Now, as you can tell, if you've been following the news, most of the people who showed up that day, because there were hundreds of thousands, were not at the Capitol. I think there was a few thousand outside, and it was reported a few hundred went inside. But all in all, there have been numerous journalists saying hundreds of thousands, at least a hundred, maybe 200, some said even half a million. I don't know about half a million, but maybe... Maybe it's possible. What ended up happening was many of some of Trump's most ridiculous supporters live streaming their way in made themselves look like idiots and particularly dangerous. But if you listen to what Trump was saying at, at, at the event, Trump said, let's go down now and cheer for politicians. He said that because Trump needed these people in Congress, these Republicans to object. That was his best chance and that was ended when these people bust through the doors and when the police let others in. 
So naturally, there's two conspiracies now. And uh, pick your poison, I guess. On the right, there are questions about why it is the police let them in. And there's a belief, I suppose, that it was all on purpose to make the Trump supporters look bad. Yeah, sorry, I don't believe it. I think Trump supporters, for the most part, broke their way into the, the main there was the main front door and then others walked in for whatever reason. I think it was just chaos. Uh, no one knew what was going on. And Trump supporters wanted to break in. I don't think there's a grand conspiracy among police officers. However, I do think uh, oh, and let me put it this way. The left also has a conspiracy that the police were all in on it. That's right. Why is it the police are seen opening the barricades, opening the doors because they are Trump supporters and they must be investigated? All right. The truth is closer to the middle. The reality is many of these cops probably didn't want the Trump supporters coming in. And some of them probably were confused, but, you know, didn't really care or did support the president. There's one video people claims to sh- uh, they claim shows a cop waving the Trump supporters to rush in because you can see the cop fanning in the direction of the Trump supporters. I'm not convinced. I'm sorry. That's not evidence enough. He could be fanning at other cops. You know, there, there were several layers of security and he may have been yelling at the cops. Come on, come on. They're breaking in. We don't know. I think the reality is there were many cops confused. Some cops probably supported Trump. Many cops from other jurisdictions were off duty, actually came and were part of the group that made their way into the Capitol. And I think the left is weaponizing all of this to the best of their abilities for political power. So they're going to be claiming as much as they can that this was the end of days. AOC currently tweeting half of Congress could have died. Calm down. The police were there. That is not likely. But I'll tell you this is possible. Some of these people were crazy, no doubt, saying, you know, chanting, hang Mike Pence. Some of these people had extremely ill intent because we know they posted it online. So it's a good thing the police were there, isn't it? Isn't it funny? You know, I just got a question. Let's just sidestep. How, how is it that I'm uh, uh, one of the few people that there's, there's very few, you know, personalities, commentators, reporters, journalists who uh, are consistent on their uh, uh, opinions on policing. Should the cops be going around violating the Constitution? No. Should cops be destroying small businesses? No. Should Antifa be destroying small businesses? No. Should police be beating peaceful protesters? No. Are all cops bad? No. (laughs) Should cops have defended the Capitol when people tried storming in? Yes, absolutely. Which brings me to, well, some of the craziness. They say, House Sergeant at Arms Paul Irving said he was not comfortable with the optics of formally declaring an emergency before the demonstration. Sun said, meanwhile, Senate Sergeant at Arms Michael Stanger suggested that Sun informally seek his guard contacts, asking them to lean forward and be on alert in case Capitol Police needed their help. Irving could not be reached for comment. A cell phone number listed in his name has not accepted messages since Wednesday. Messages left at a residence he owns in Nevada were not immediately returned. And there was no answer Sunday evening at a D.C. apartment listed in his name. A neighbor said he had recently moved out. Stanger declined Sunday to comment when a reporter visited his Virginia home. I really don't want to talk about it, he said. It was the first of six times Sun's request for help was rejected or delayed. Six times, six times he wanted the police to be there. They didn't come. I think we now know. My friends, welcome to The New York Times. They report looming over preparation was the government's heavy-handed response to the Black Lives Matter demonstrations over the summer. Mr. Trump had deployed unidentified agents and tactical teams to the streets of Washington in June against the wishes of Ms. Bowser, and agents tear-gassed protesters, allowing the president to walk to a nearby church and stage a photo op holding a Bible. In the run-up to the violence on Wednesday, 
the fractured relationship between federal and local law enforcement was evident. Ms. Bowser had sent a letter to top federal law enforcement officials on Tuesday warning against excessive deployments through though the city had sought some National Guard troops for traffic control. She noted that the D.C. police had not requested additional control, uh, additional personnel from law enforcement agencies for the rallies on Wednesday and referred to the aggressive deployment in June. Still, federal law enforcement officials conveyed to lawmakers that they were prepared. David L. Bowditch, the FBI deputy director, assured Senator Mark Warner of Virginia, the top Democrat on the Senate Intelligence Committee, that the bureau had the resources to handle the Trump rally. The Justice Department was treating the event as relatively peaceful, officials said. The acting attorney general, Jeffrey A. Rosen, working on Wednesday from his office rather than the FBI war room where the crisis response unfolded. Think about that for one second. What does that mean? Black Lives Matter rioted and the media defended the riots in, in, in a sense. In many ways, they did uh, like legit straight up saying, well, you know, you have Cuomo saying who says protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful, that kind of defense. But you also had the failed framing. When the riots happened, the enemy was the state. The media was mad at Trump. Trump was the bad guy. So the police were at fault. No fault was given for the most part to the rioters. Well, the optics were bad. So Muriel Bowser did not want a repeat and warned what would happen if there was excessive policing, even against Trump supporters. You got to love it. This was entirely the fault of defund the police. That's right. Democratic politicians terrified of what will happen if they're seen as pushing or expanding the police state panicked and said, calm down. It'll be fine. We don't need the police. One of my favorite tweets someone put up was like, this shows, you know, exactly what we need. Actually, this is crazy. It was Matthew Iglesias, one of the founding members of Vox.com, a progressive site, saying what we learned from the Capitol is that we should get rid of all of the police and replace them with social workers. Bravo. But isn't it infuriating? Defund the police. And it is the fault of that extremism and that fecklessness and that fear and that cowardice from Muriel Bowser and other high ranking officials in police and law enforcement. It is their fault. This happened. Okay, now let me slow down. First and foremost, fault lies with those who actually perpetrated the acts. Absolutely. But when you have problems, okay, the fault lies with those we, we entrust with our security because the buck stops with them. Now, you can have a, you can have a philosophical argument about where fault really lies. And, and yes, yes, understand me when I say fault lies with those who storm the Capitol. But you can't control what you can't control. There are crazy people who will do crazy things. Clearly, we blame them. They're being arrested. But when looking inward at our own system to figure out how this happened, who is at fault for the lack of security? Well, it's a combination of the, the ranking uh, ser- sergeant at arms of the mayor. And then it trails back at some point to this stems from defund the police. I don't blame defund the police. I don't. Lots of people have opinions and a lot of a lot of people have opinions that are really dumb. And if you have politicians who take the dumb opinions and roll with them and then we suffer because of it, I blame the politicians. Vote them out and get rid of them. Good that you got these people who have resigned. Excellent. Glad to see it. The problem now is, what will they do next time? Are they going to ramp up policing? Is the right now anti-cop? Is the left now pro-cop? I wouldn't be surprised if we actually start seeing from this more pro-cop sentiment from Democrats, because they're already dancing around with it after that whole summer of riots. Here we go. Well, now the conspiracy 
goes deeper. You see, the left conspiracies are allowed to persist. The right conspiracies are purged. For example, on the right, okay, and I don't mean like general right wing or left wing. I mean like the fringe elements. You've got these conspiracy theories that never stop. I can't tell you how many times I've seen posts where it's like, tomorrow's the day. The states will flip. The arrests are coming. Every single week since Trump got elected, there was some ridiculous conspiracy theory. Boom, bombshell. Mueller's actually working for Trump. They're going to arrest Hillary on Monday. Ugh, I swear. But I'll tell you what, (coughs) excuse me. You know, I don't care all that much about it because these people aren't working for TV stations. They don't have massive publications. These fringe uh, conspiracy theories were never prominent among the right just among the fringe elements. On the left, the Russiagate stuff was the mainstream element of the left, going on TV, going on MSNBC and spouting this nonsense. Right now, there is a ludicrous conspiracy that a press release was put out, and then some hackers latched onto the API and were able to infect Parler and take admin access, and now they're going to publish all the IDs. Boom, boom, boom. Parler users, bam. We got your address. There is no verification for this. I'm not saying it's complete. It's false. I don't know. But it's a rehash of an old story that was fake last time and is probably fake today. And people who have any technical expertise are looking at this going, that don't quite make sense. Just because a press release was put out and you got access to an API doesn't mean you could infect the entirety of Amazon servers. It's ridiculous. So it's probably fake. I reserve, uh, you know, maybe I can't prove a negative. So we'll see how that plays out. But the point is, These ludicrous conspiracy theories about the police secretly being in on it and letting them in like as though they were part of the insurrection plot. Here we go, baby. This is allowed. This is mainstream. This is socially acceptable. Off-duty police firefighters under investigation in connection with U.S. Capitol riot. Now, this is where I draw the line. Okay, there were reportedly off-duty police and firefighters from other jurisdictions. But beyond this point, this is where the line is. Okay. Over the line is when they act like there are actually Capitol Police officers that were holding back on purpose, hoping it would be the insurrection. Oh, please. You know what, man? The scary thing about this is that if there really was a legitimate insurrection attempt, it would have been brutal. These people weren't armed. They're like they were armed. I guess they had crowbars. So it's fair to say they're armed, but they weren't walking around with guns. And that's what you that's that's what they're saying when they say armed people imagine weapons like guns. Well, there are reports of crowbars everywhere. Certainly people had a plan to break in. And that's coming from a reporter, Richie McGinnis, who was smeared by The New York Times when they claimed he was a rioter who punched the window, which he wasn't. I love it, though. Richie, who's a journalist, not particularly politically aligned, was there filming with press credentials And in a photo from the New York Times, he's not wearing a shirt. And they're like, he's clearly a rioter. He's not wearing a shirt. I don't know why Richie took his shirt off. My assumption was that the initial reports was that he got a heavy blast of pepper spray. For those that aren't familiar, pepper spray sticks. He probably took his shirt off for that reason. I think later on he was wearing a vest, like a a bulletproof vest. I'm not entirely sure. They're going to start investigating the off-duty officers that were actually there. And that's, that's fair. And that's important. I don't care who you are. If you broke in, investigation. But I bring up Richie McGinnis to to prove a point. The New York Times claimed he was a writer. He's not. They are taking photos of anyone and everyone and saying, find this person. The left is doxing random people. I saw a photo of a woman who is standing outside the rally and they're like, who is this? She's not even she's not even in the Capitol building. What are they doing? They're just going after anyone who was there. Yep. And that's when things get crazy because you had journalists 
Elijah Schaefer of Blaze TV was briefly banned. And don't get me wrong. I mentioned this before. Elijah tweeted that it was a current revolution, which is, come on, bro, <laughs> calm down. And he said that it was the people there who were calling it a revolution. OK, fine. But they went after him. Elijah's a credentialed reporter. He has access to the building as far as I can, as, as far as I understand, he has legitimate credentials for the building. And so Facebook reinstated him. But the smear pieces and the hit pieces are coming out and they're accusing journalists of being in on it. This is the, the, the break in these people's brains. The right is being purged, but the same fringe conspiracy trash on the left is allowed to persist. No joke. And it's going to get crazier and crazier. Now, those questions. Ashley Babbitt. The far left says in a protest that she deserved it. And that is sickening. It is disgusting. It is horrifying. This woman, I believe she served for 14 years in the Air Force for, I think it was four tours of duty in Afghanistan and, and, and Iraq. She climbed up on uh, a window and took a bullet to the neck and she died. Like you could, uh, listen, man, when I saw that video and I saw what happened when she went down, I knew immediately she was dead. I remember a lot of people kept saying to me, cause you know, we're, we're having serious conversations like, no, no, she's in critical condition. I was like, no, she's not. She's dead. I understand she's in the hospital. I understand she's on life support. I'm telling you, it's done. People need to realize this. They talk about like so-and-so was hit by a car. Three weeks later, he died. You can tell sometimes. I've been, in these, I've been in situations similar. I've seen people get shot. I've seen bodies be carried away dead. I've seen it happen. And I saw that hit and I just, I didn't think there was going to be a way out of it. She did not deserve for that to happen. But let me tell you something. Is it the fault of the officer for firing into the crowd and killing her? I do not believe this officer should fa- uh, should face. Well, I'll, I'll, I don't think this officer should face uh, a puni- like criminal punishment. I don't know about administrative punishment or, or, or issues. Maybe we can have a conversation about that. But let me tell you something. The Washington Post video shows Capitol mob dragging police officer downstairs. One rioter beat the officer with a pole flying the U.S. flag. Here's what you need to understand, my friends. There's videos of cops being dragged out and beaten. It's scary stuff. There were cops being blasted with pepper spray and hit. And this, I, I would only imagine this uh, communications were being relayed to other Capitol police because they need to have an idea of what's happening. Or at the very least, officers who are under attack and calling for help may have been heard on their on their comms, whatever communication system they were using. So here you have Capitol Hill police, I believe it was a police officer, behind a door that's barricaded as people are smashing through the windows and the mob is coming and he's trying to secure the chamber. I don't know exactly what area he was protecting. It was a big hallway, but there were people inside who talked about what happened and he had to make a choice. An angry and violent mob is breaking their way through. Maybe he fired prematurely. Maybe it was poor judgment. Maybe he should have pulled back and waited until the door was actually breached. But I'm sorry, man, when cops are being dragged out and beaten and people are, are, are romping about to the Capitol and you're hearing these reports, whether any of the, 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 the Trump supporters knew what was going on or not, you have entered a situation where you are in a secure facility of the U.S. government with armed guards and like tons of different rooms and police. I don't think these people realize what they're getting into. No, I don't think Ashley Babbitt deserved it. Not at all. I think it's a horrifying tragedy. I think people shouldn't have gone in the first place. How did Ashley Babbitt get in the building? Was it one of these groups where they opened the door and let him in? Or was it the main group where they pushed through the center door and knocked the police out of the way? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. But I'm not going to blame the cop 
who was panicking as people started smashing the windows to break into a secure facility. It is a tragedy. It is horrifying. But I'm not going to throw out. We, we, we ask these officers to stand guard. We give them weapons equipped with lethal force and say, protect our members of government, even the ones we really don't like, because the alternative could be worse. And it probably is. So when you have security behind closed doors, windows being shattered, people breaking in, cops being beaten and they fire. I don't find it to be criminal. I'm sorry. Maybe he, he uh, acted improperly. Maybe it was, you know, we, we can have an argument about administrative issues, but it's just, it's just tragedy, man. It's just scary. I don't know what the police were doing, you know, letting people in. I know many of them came in and pushed people out. I just think this was one of the biggest security failures in the history of this country. And the Trump supporters who broke their way in, they have shown the world that the United States has a weak point. And right now we are extremely vulnerable beyond anything you probably realize, more vulnerable than we have ever been in history. If China wanted to launch an attack, I worry that they may use this opportunity. Trump is still president. The Joint Chiefs still obey Trump. They will not subvert him. That would be a military coup, their, their own words, even though Pelosi asked for it. So what would happen right now with our country in disarray if a foreign adversary attacked? We would be screwed. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. It is a different channel from this one. So type in that URL, check it out, and I will see you all there at 4 p.m.